Hey friends, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel, and I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. Welcome to the first episode of 2022. Oh my goodness, we have a great lineup of guests and solo episodes for you this year, so I cannot wait to get started. In case you're new here, here's a little bit about the show. It's a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Today's episode is about finding and using your voice for the glory of God. You're gonna wanna stick around till the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Today's guest is a friend of mine. I have been friends with her for quite a while now, both in real life and online. Her name is Amy Stockstill, and here's a little about Amy. She's a fun-loving Southern who is passionate about training women to communicate the gospel with confidence and clarity through her organization called Let's Echo. And just as I mentioned, I know her in real life. She is just as fun and genuine, both online and in person. I honestly can't think of a better way to start our year than listening to what God wants to say to us about using our voice wherever we are planted. So please help me welcome Amy to the show. Well, hello, Amy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, You and I have known each other for a while. I was trying to remember how long. The first time I ever heard you speak was at Pink Impact in Arizona. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that because I was not slotted to speak. I was actually way in the back worshiping God. And I specifically remember I was praying, asking God if my husband and I should move forward with uh, adoption. And I got a tap on my shoulder. And I think Pastor Debbie's sister came to me and was like, hey, Pastor Debbie wants to talk to you. And I'm like, what? So I go in the hallway and Pastor Debbie's like, I just really feel like you should speak today. And all of my nerves and feelings, <laughs> everything was like, I do not want to do this. But I called my husband and he's like, well, if Pastor Debbie believes in you, get up there and do it. And so I did it. And it was so nerve wracking, but so fun. And it was so good. I remember the story to this day. Uh, was the dog name, what was the dog's name? Simba. 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 I was like, I was going to say it, Simba. No, you're a really good storyteller. And ever since that day, I was like, oh my gosh, she's a really good speaker. So um, we're actually going to chat about speaking today. But before we do, I love to ask my guests, what is one either random or fun fact about you that I would not have read in your professional bio? Hmm. I have a twin sister who lives in Utah. And because of that, I am hyper, hyper competitive in the most spiritual way. Oh my goodness. You know, I don't think I knew that you had a twin sister. (laughs) I do. Yeah. We're identical. We're actually called mirror image twins, uh, which is kind of rare. It's just like, she's left-handed. I'm right-handed. I'm left-handed. She's right-handed. That kind of thing. Huh. Interesting. Are you guys pretty close? We are extremely close. I talk to her like every day, even though we are total opposite. Like I tell people we could not be more different and more the same at the same time. Oh, how funny. Uh, You know, I think I've seen pictures of you and her before on Instagram or something. And I don't think I knew you were twins, even though you look 
identical because I have an older sister. She's three years older than me. People always think we're twins, but we're not. Like I'm the brunette. She's a blonde version of me. We look so much alike. And so I've just gotten used to just thinking, oh, even if siblings look alike, they may or may not be twins. I don't know. So (laughs) that's cool. Yeah, we are twins. I love it. Okay, so we are going to chat about um, all kinds of fun things today, but let's talk about you founded Let's Echo is the name of your ministry. Can you tell us about that ministry? Absolutely. I started Let's Echo in 2017 after a long speaking journey of really my first ever encounter with speaking was when I was an intern and I hid in the bathroom. I was so scared and God started me on the speaking journey when I was 21. I'm 36 now. And in 2017, God led me to start Let's Echo just to bring girls into my home to teach them to communicate the gospel. Because what we have found is that most Christian women desire to use their voice for God in some capacity, but they don't really know how, and they don't know where to start. So that's really where Echo comes in. We just provide resources and coaches, coaching to help girls develop their voice to make a difference in any sphere. I mean, we believe that you can use your voice all the way from the cashier to a really big crowd. Absolutely. And that's what, you know, I know some of the listeners probably when they tuned in today were like, "Uh, Rachel, I'm not a speaker. What are we doing? What what are we talking about today? And I just want to challenge y'all. Stay tuned in because I really just sense in my spirit that the Lord wants to just call some people out, some ladies out who he wants to help you find your voice. And that's something that I am really very passionate about is also helping people find their voice. Like you said, not just so they can stand up on a stage and absolutely there's a time and a place and absolutely people are called to stand up on a stage, but just in everyday life. I mean, even as a counselor, I see women who that because they don't have their voice, they have a hard time communicating their needs to people mm-hmm. and like just speaking up mm-hmm. and sharing their opinion or sharing a word of encouragement. And so that's just my heart to see us go down this road of helping them find their voice. So we, um, before we hit record, I had, you know, we were talking about, okay, where do we feel like this conversation needs to go? And I want you to share with the listeners what you felt the Lord put on your heart this morning. Yes, of course. I I was praying this morning and I'm really, you know, when you're in that like sleepy prayer, you're not out of bed yet. You're just talking to the Holy Spirit, like, okay, what's going to happen today? And I felt like the Lord said today for the listeners on this podcast that yes, it's about speaking, but more than that, it's about calling. And there is not a calling that God gives us that does not involve using our voice. If you're a mother, you are using your voice day in and day out. Sometimes in a, in a louder capacity as you're yelling sometimes in a whisper, but you're using your voice to run your household and to raise up disciples. If you're in the marketplace, you're using your voice as a Christian to be excellent, to go above and beyond, to be kind. And obviously if you're in the church, you're using your voice, but as Christians, as disciples of Christ, we can use our voice in any capacity and whatever our calling is, it involves using our voice. And this morning I felt that the Lord said he has called the women that are listening. And some of the women have said, you know, God, I don't really want to do that. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. I know when I started my speaking, my my speaking journey, like I said earlier, I was hiding in a bathroom. I was 21 years old. I felt like I cannot do this. This is scary. No one's going to listen to me. No one's going to take me seriously. I'm going to, I'm going to say something wrong theologically or doctrinally all the things that we believe. And I said no to the Lord. 
Just like, I mean, you think about it, Jonah absolutely said no. I refuse. I mean, he would have got swallowed by a big old fish because he said no to his calling. Moses, same thing. We read in Exodus. He protested three times and actually pleaded twice. I mean, full on begged God not to use him. Think about Gideon. Think about Jeremiah. Over and over again, we see God coming to a person calling the person and the person saying, please do not ask me to do this. Please, please, please don't. I don't want to. But despite how we feel, we know that we're surrendered to God when we say yes to the calling, even if we don't want to. Why do you think so many of us argue with God and say, no, please? (laughs) (laughs) Fear. I mean, fear of man for the most part, fear of What if I do step out and nobody listens to me? What if I do try to go to my family and friends and tell them about Jesus and tell them how he's radically saved my life and they throw my past in my face? What what if I try to start with God? I believe that there's pioneers listening to this podcast and God has told you over and over and over again to start, but you refuse. Why? It's fear. You don't want to step out and, and, or you're afraid it's going to be wrong. You're afraid that you're appointing yourself and that no pastor, no leader, no person has appointed you and, and you're appointing yourself. I think that, I think that obviously everything goes back to faith. Faith is the only way to please God. And the enemy's biggest, easiest tool to use is fear. And we give into it. Mm. You said something a second ago that made my arm here stand up, that there's pioneers listening to today's podcast. I That really yes. resonates with me. And so I just <laughs> want to call them out too and go, this is the Lord saying, yes, I have called you. I have sent you. Now let's, you know, kick fear in the face and just do it. And that's been my yes. biggest thing. I know, I mean, the first podcast I recorded, I tell people, please don't go back and listen to the first podcast I recorded because <laughs> it's cringy. You know, in the beginning yeah. of anything new, it's it's a learning curve, you know, and I think we we expect ourselves to be perfect. And and I'm like, no, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. Like riding a bike, I fell off several times before I got it. And that's okay. I would expect that. Um, so fear holds people back. Another thing you just said that I also really resonated with was sending yourself. Can we talk about Mm -hmm. that for a second? I think that I've wrestled with that personally. And I think a lot of women might feel that too of like, nobody called me out and asked me to do this. Or, you know, like, like this feels very on my own or something. Can you speak to that? Yes, of course. I I believe that most women, actually, I've interviewed a lot of women as I'm preparing uh, Echo Digital, we're going online, having courses online, and I've interviewed a lot of women, and I noticed that that was a pattern that a lot of them were saying, like, what if I sent myself? What if God didn't ask me to do this? What if this is just my own desire? What if What if my leaders think that I'm being rebellious for starting something that's not directly under the church? I mean, there's all of these fears, and what I have to say to that is, number one, if you're concerned in your heart about stepping outside of submission, that is a beautiful proof of your submission and surrender. If you, I mean, I think the enemy tries to say to us, oh, you're being rebellious. Oh, you're doing this on your own. But the sheer fact that we're concerned about being right and being submitted and being honoring to our leaders is a beautiful proof that our heart is in the right place. The second thing is when you go to the word of God and when you really look at the word, 
who sent Jesus, his father. When you look at Paul, who wrote two thirds of the New Testament, who sent Paul? When he had that encounter with Jesus, guess what? He didn't go to the leaders of the church. He didn't go to the apostles. He went to the wilderness for three years. And after he came out of the wilderness for three years, when you read his letters over and over and over again, the way he starts his letter is, I, Paul, sent by God. We don't need, yes, it's amazing. Like we don't, we don't want to be rebellious. Of course we don't want to be rebellious. But also when we're under a healthy church, they are pumped about us doing what God has called us to do. And you have to know, you have to settle that. I think that's a good, a really good wrestling. Think about Moses. He's at the burning bush. Who sent him? It wasn't Pharaoh. It wasn't the man that was appointed to be above all things. It was God. And I think we have to have this burning bush moment where man, Moses wrestled in his calling because he knew it included his voice. And he wrestled with God over. He asked, well, who am I, God? And he asked these five questions. Who am I, God? And what if they don't listen to me? And can't you send somebody else? And I'm not really good with words. And I stumble over my words. I mean, he's just telling God all the reasons why he shouldn't be called. And God says, I am with you. I'm the one that sent you. I'm going to be here. So I think if you're questioning that, if you're questioning is this okay? You have to wrestle around with it first and foremost with God. Get that settled in your heart. And then here's a story for you. I only started Echo after a year, 2016, God gave me the vision for Echo and I brought it to my husband who is a prophet. And I said, I really got to put this in my heart to train up women. And my husband said, I don't see it. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't see it? God has very clearly given this to me. Like, this is my vision. And my husband just said, I don't see it. And he said, I mean, keep praying. So I prayed the entire year of 2016. And every single time I went back to God and said, Lord, is this you? Are you calling me to do this? Are you calling me to step out and raise up women to use their voice? The vision got stronger. I mean, it multiplied, Rachel. It wasn't just like, yeah, that's. I think that's something that might be okay. No, it was like when I prayed, the vision multiplied and I kept bringing it back to my husband a whole year. He said, I don't see it. Keep praying. I don't see it. After a year, my husband, I don't know the Lord. I don't know what happened, but he woke up and was like, Amy, I see this so strong in my spirit. Boom, 2017, we started. So if you're feeling weird about it, has the Lord sent me or has he not? Take your time, pray about it. If that vision multiplies, then bring it to the right people, your friends, your overseers, your leaders, your boss, whoever it may be for you in your life and get them to partner with you. Because when you do step out as a pioneer, you're going to question it. The enemy's going to come against you. But when you've already done the wrestling and then when you've done the prayer and then when you've brought it to some type of oversight, you have that three chord strand that's not easily broken. I love that you're telling people to embrace the wrestling because it, mm-hmm. it, it produces so much fruit. And to your point, I can attest to when I started something that the Lord, you know, had led me to do, I had to have something to stand on. Even my husband and I yeah. being business owners, like, we had to have that stand and, and it was that wrestling and that praying through and that seeking wise counsel that when things were rough and rocky and shaky in the thing that we were called to carry out, we could be like, hold on, hold the phone. 
I can remember yeah. when we wrestled through and the Lord was very clear that, yes, we were supposed to do this. And so when the enemy would come at us being like, what are you doing? You're nuts. You should quit. And all the, mm -hmm. you know, that, cause that's how the enemy sounds mm -hmm. in my voice. Whiny, <laughs> uh, whiny yeah. and nasally. Yeah. Um, but when he comes at us, you know, you have something to go back to and go, no, no, I was called. I have a time. I have a moment. I remember people, you know, I had people spoke into this. And so that's just so wise. And I love that. And even just like you said, you did submit too to your husband of he's like, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. You know, and the timing piece is a really big deal too. Cause I think this trips people up is that the Lord will speak to us something, but it's not yet for like, he's, he's like preparing yes. us for what's to come. And then we kind of can sometimes jump ahead of the timing and then we think we missed it. So can you talk a little bit to the timing piece of certain things that he calls us to? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I actually went to school for interior design and I thought that I was going to be a designer. I mean, I wanted to be Joanna Gaines before Joanna Gaines was Joanna Gaines. And I just thought this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do design. And then I married a pastor and he said, welcome to the ministry. And I'm like, I don't really want to be welcomed to the ministry. I, I want to do design. But again, when it's, when your life is laid down, you, you follow the cloud. And with the timing of Let's Echo and just the timing of my speaking journey in general, it's been a long road. But as I continue to say yes, the Lord continues to use my voice. And that's really what it is when I said yes to being a pastor. And then my husband said, OK, you're going to speak now. And then I reluctantly said yes to being a conference speaker. And then the Lord gave me the vision for Echo. And I said yes to doing that. You know, when you go actually for... Moses, when he built the tabernacle, it was the first dwelling place of God's glory. It says that he went to the mountain and God gave him the pattern and the blueprint. And if we want to move forward, it's just like in design. We can't really design a space until we get the blueprint for it. And I think a lot of people want to rush ahead as pioneers or as someone that's, you know, stepping out and dreaming and do something for God. And we want to do all the pretty stuff. We want to be in front of the people or we want to get the people in. And at first we have to climb the mountain, which climbing a mountain is not easy. It takes time. It takes a really understanding that your lungs have to have the capacity of the air and it takes a lot of training to climb the mountain. And then once you get on the mountain, you got to sit there and wait till God gives the blueprint. And then once you get the blueprint, you got to come down from the mountain and you got to start building and you can't do all the exterior things that we kind of rush ahead to do without doing the internal work that really lays the foundation. And that's a long process sometimes. Today's episode is brought to you by my most downloaded resource called Three Action Steps to Overcome Fear and Pursue Your God-Given Dreams. Inside this free training, I give you access to the exact three steps I take when fear is looking me in the face and holding me back from moving forward towards my dreams. It also includes the one tool I use on a daily basis to keep a sound mind. And it comes in a beautiful, nine-page PDF workbook with detailed instructions on how to silence your fears. To download, head to rachelgilbert.com forward slash overcome fear. 
I noticed a theme when you were talking of you said yes to this and then you said yes to that. And then, you know, when God would call <laughs> and I wrote down, I said, the most powerful part of using our voice is our yes to God. You know, when he calls yes. like just that one word and guess what it takes using our voice to say yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, God. It yes. Does. You know, <laughs> yes. it does. And I mean, when you think about the people in the Bible, I was just studying how several people in the word from Old Testament to New Testament, when God called called them, they said, here am I, I I'm here, Lord, I'm listening. I mean, they're using, they audibly, not just think it, not just it's in their heart, but out loud with their voice said, here I am. Um, and that positions us to say yes to whatever God has in front of us. Abraham said it, Jacob said it, Moses, Samuel, Isaiah, Ananias in the new Testament, they said some form of here I am. I'm ready I'm available, even if I don't want to do it, even if, even if I'm afraid of this call, even if this call seems too big for me, even if this call feels way beyond my reach, even if I don't have the resources, the network, the education, the training, the family background, even if I don't have any of the things that I feel like I just absolutely have to have, I still lift my hands to you and surrender. And I say, here I am. I'm not hiding. I'm not running. I'm not saying no. I'm saying here I am, God. And if you call me, if you think I can do this, then who am I to say no? Ooh, Amy, you're preaching today. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you when you really walked it out yourself, it's a lot easier to communicate it passionately. This is something that I have had to walk out with the Lord you know, every step of the way. Mm -hmm. I love that phrase, here I am, because... To me, it takes the pressure off of, like you said, mm -hmm. performance or needing to have it all together or have all the answers worked out. And instead, it's just me surrendering to the Lord and saying, here I am. What do you want me to do? You know, what What are we going to do? Like this partnership thing. And it's it's fun and exciting. And I love, too, that phrase, though, here I am for, for the woman listening who goes, who maybe she is planted as, um, you know, being at home with her kids or in the work field or whatever. I love how we started to touch on this earlier, and I want to dive a little deeper into it, of that realization that our voice matters wherever we're planted. Yes. Uh, so how can mm -hmm. the women listening today who say, you know what, I'm not on a stage, but I am, I'm raising kids or I'm in the workplace. How can she be aware of her voice and say that same phrase to God, here I am, how do you want me to use my voice wherever I'm planted? Yes, absolutely. I do want to touch on the fact that even Jesus in Jesus's ministry, he's the greatest communicator there ever will be. If you look at his life, yes, there were moments where he was in front of the crowd. I mean, he fed the 5,000. I think it was 7,000, maybe two that he fed. He was, he had these moments where he was essentially on a stage, but for the most part, he was with about 12 men or under men and women. Sometimes a lot of times you see him talking to just the three. I mean, you see him in houses, you see him on the streets, you see him by the water, by the ocean, you see him making breakfast. I mean, when you're thinking about, I'm a mom and I'm making breakfast, how does this have anything to do with using my voice? Think about Jesus when the disciples went fishing and he, I mean, they're so disappointed. And what did he do? He was on the beach and he made them breakfast. And then he, they sat around the fire and they talked about the things of God. Wherever you are in your home, in your workplace, if you're a student listening to this at your school, you can use your voice over meal. All of us eat, right? It doesn't matter 
it doesn't matter what happened or all of us try to get our kids to eat whatever in the world we're trying to serve them. <laughs> so at every meal, I mean, you can teach very simple things to your children or at your workplace or on the job or as a student, you can say, Hey, when I was reading my Bible, this is what God said to me, or man, God really changed my heart when I heard this at church or when I saw this, or when it, when you bring it all the way back to scripture, you have 66 books of the Bible to repeat. You never say you don't have anything to say because you have 66 books worth of the Bible to say. And however you want to teach that to your children or however you want to rehearse that to your friends or your peers or however you want to proclaim that to the marketplace, it works because it's the word and the word never returns void. Mm, I love that. And I love too how you're talking about getting our words from the Bible because I think another big thing that maybe some people wrestle with, I know I for sure have wrestled with this, is copycatting somebody else's voice. You know, like you can listen, you can <laughs> yeah. listen so much to other people that all of a sudden you're like, wait, is this my thought in my voice? Or am I just kind of like becoming some weird replica of a person I look up to? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I for like, sure. I, and then I'm like, so I was just thinking about that. And I was like, well, if I'm getting my, if I'm filling myself with the word of God, I guess that's a good thing to be replicating. I don't know. Or, you know, re, 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 you're saying it in yes. my own, my own way, as opposed to things that I might've read online randomly or something. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's really the whole meaning behind let's echo because I was in a hotel room, Rachel, I was already preaching. I've been preaching for a decade. I was preaching at women's conferences all over the United States, telling them that they could use their voice. And then I was in a hotel room with my husband in Arkansas. He had to preach three times that day and he wasn't feeling good. He's a dialysis patient. And I remember him saying to me, Amy, I'm not feeling very good. I'm going to need you to take one of these messages. And without thinking a thought in my brain was absolutely no hesitation at all. I heard myself before I, before I heard myself saying, before I even had a thought in my brain, I can't do that. I don't have anything to say. This was after a decade of telling people, women everywhere, from a stage with a microphone, you can preach, you can do this, or you can use your voice for God in whatever sphere you're in. And my husband swiftly rebuked me. He's like, Amy, don't ever say that again. Of course, that's not true. And this is what you do. You go around and you tell people they can use their voice. So you really need to spend some time with God and you need to see where that lie is coming from. So that next week I was reading in my Bible reading plan and we got to John chapter 12 and these are the words of Jesus and Jesus himself in a paraphrase says, I only say what I hear my father saying and I do what I see my father doing. And I thought, Oh my God goodness, if Jesus himself, the son of God, the son of man, who is the perfect communicator, if he doesn't have to come up with his own message, what in the world am I doing thinking that I have to come up with my own message? All I have to do is what Jesus did, which is echo the heart of the father. If we simply repeat what he has already told us in his word, it is a no fail system. That is another letting people off the hook moment, right? Like that I don't have to yes. be amazing. Like I'm off the hook Ooh. to be amazing. All I have to do is echo what I'm hearing the father say. That feels so yes. pressure off. <laughs> 
It's doable. We don't have to be tweetable. We don't have to be impressive. We don't have to come up with something new. Because first of all, Ecclesi says there's absolutely nothing new under the sun anyway. So you're not going to come up with a message that somebody else hasn't heard. That's not really our goal. We actually want to repeat the greatest message ever told, which is Jesus came from heaven, lived as a human in a disgusting body that we live in, (laughs) lived a perfect, spotless, sinless life, died on the cross when he shouldn't have. He was perfect, the perfect lamb, but he went to the grave three days. He took power from hell, death in the grave, and he rose again. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us daily. This is the story that we get to repeat over and over and over and over again. It will never be told too much. It will never be echoed too much. We can never steal it from another Christian. It's all ours to share. Yeah, I was thinking that recently because I'm I'm writing a book right now. And uh, anyway, very long story short, I was talking with my editor about how you make sure that it's your own content. And I was thinking that about God, uh, the Bible. I was like, you know, we're all just ripping the Bible off anyways. Like when we go to write our stuff and everything, I'm like, I'm like you know, really, I should just like the entire thing needs to be copyright from the Bible because, you know, so yeah. I'm like, God's used to it. Like. Uh, hopefully, that hopefully that's what we're doing. Hopefully, we're taking the time to have our message be from the word. If not, our opinion is not what transforms people, and and what our political stance definitely not what transforms people. Our denomination is not what transforms people. What transforms people is the message of Jesus Christ. Absolutely, yes, that's so good. Okay, so I want to finish with uh, one final question for you. I was recently scrolling the Let's Echo Instagram account, which, by the way, you guys do a beautiful job on that. If you, what is the, is the handle just at Let's Echo? Let's Echo dot co. Dot co. Okay. So all you listeners. That's the same as us. Same as our website. Okay, letsetgo.co. Go check out their Instagram because it's beautiful, but also just the content's amazing. And there was a post on there that I thought, oh my goodness, this would be a really good question. It was one of your weekly truths and it was about character Mm -hmm. sustaining calling. Character, I love the topic of character. And I would just love for you to chat about how can we then be women who have the character that God can say, hey, I can trust you because of your character, uh, because I think character is a really big deal that God's looking for and when he's looking for people to, to call out into certain positions and different things. So what are your thoughts on that, on character and how we can be women of character? Sure. I believe that pursuing holiness, I mean, the daily pursuit of holiness, which not a lot of people right now are talking about holiness, sanctification, accountability, sin. These are not popular topics, but I believe that we are not preaching and teaching the whole gospel if we're leaving those topics out. And in order to have a character that sustains our calling, I mean, we see this happen so much. We have these celebrity pastors, which I hate that that's even a term or a real thing because it's absolutely ridiculous. But we have these pastors who grow these monster churches and and because of that grow these monster followings and then boom, they're dropping like flies. And the reason that they're dropping like flies is because somewhere along the way, the enemy got a hold of them and they fell into temptation. It's not that we're any better than than them. All of us have the opportunity to get tempted and to say yes, really on on a daily basis. But when we're pursuing holiness and we're saying at any second, if they can fall, I can fall. 
if, if the enemy can take them out, man, I, I, he can take me out. And it's a daily pursuit of holiness, of standing before the Lord and saying, take the coal and touch my lips. Purify me, God. If there's any wrong motive, if there's any no in my heart, if there's any rebellion in my heart, if there's any desire in my heart to get more likes, more followers, a bigger stage, better pats on the back, which we're human beings. So of course we feel these things. If we're, you want to talk about real talk, this is real talk. We really face these things. We face wanting people to know us. We face fame. We face wanting to be right over wanting to be loving. We face wanting to be perfect. We, these are things that we face. And until we can stand before Jesus and say, wow, I am like filthy rags before you got it. I absolutely need you to do anything, much less use my voice. Would you purify me today? Would you wash me by the renewing of my mind? Would you renew my mind by the washing of the word of God? So to be in character, you have to be humble before God, tell him you need help. And then you have to go to the word. The word is what washes us. And I've even heard people lately saying that reading your Bible every day is legalism. And I just would like to call that out. That is such a lie from the pit of hell. No, we do not worship the Bible, but in the beginning was the word and the word was God. Jesus is the word of God. And when we pursue him daily and we say, God, I don't ever want to outwork my character. I don't want to ever out network my character. I don't want to ever hustle beyond my character because at some point, right at the pinnacle, the enemy is going to swoop in and expose everything that's done in the dark will be exposed in the light. It'll be shouted from the rooftop. And I want to, to stay in that place where I have nothing to hide, nothing to prove and nothing to lose. And we do that by pursuing holiness every day. Yeah. I love too that you touched on the reading the Bible every day being legalism because that's something I see floating around more and more. It's absurd. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? If that's the worst thing that I do is, you know, make sure I read, like, I don't know. You know, I'm like, read the Bible every day. Now that's bad. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, I, and then it's always wild. have the enemy. Yeah. And obviously everything is all about the heart behind the, everything and, you know, all that but anyhow um yes of course okay so one final thing and I like to just be honest with people so you know even just recently I feel like the Lord had highlighted to me just a sin in my heart that he's want me to deal with you know and whenever I have those moments that he's like highlighting sin my knee-jerk reaction is to be like how dare I be sitting here with a public facing platform when I still sin in my own heart, you know? And like, it makes me want right. to sideline myself when that stuff happens. Cause mm. I'm like, I shouldn't even, you know, so then, so then you go into this wrestling up and I'm, I've wrestled behind the scenes, but I just like to, I like to let the listeners know, Hey, I'm not perfect. <laughs> just in case you were yeah. confused for even a half of a second. Um, <laughs> I still wrestle through sin and the Lord still has to deal with me and, you know, call me out and call me up. And so, so then what about, um, you know, making this relevant to the listener? If, if somebody listening is like, man, I'm still wrestling through something myself. Sometimes that disqualifies us. Like we'll use that to disqualify using our voice because we're like, I'm still feel like I'm struggling myself, you know, like that they haven't reached perfection themselves or something or whatever. So what would you say to that if that was them and they're going, they're disqualifying themselves because of sin or because of something in their life? Where is, where's the truth in that? 
And where's the wisdom in that? <laughs> sure. I think, again, if you look at the Bible, we see, I believe it was Peter and Paul, maybe, or Peter, and there was two disciples, and Peter was sitting with the Gentiles at first, and then when all the other Jews came, he didn't want to sit with the Gentiles anymore because he wanted to, he, he was like, oh, they're not good enough. And I, I don't know, I, I don't think it was Paul, but there's the other disciple. Do you know the ver- the person talking about? He calls him out and he's like, now, wait a sec. He calls him out and it says he did it in front of everyone. He calls him out. He's like, now, wait a second. Before you were sitting with the Gentiles and now you're not because there's other Jews around. Whoa. And if you, if you just read Bible stories like that, you see that these disciples are human beings just like us. If Peter on the rock, and then think about Peter, who den- he denies Jesus. <laughs> three times okay like wide open denies him even to like a young girl he denies he denies his savior but still Jesus looks at him and forgives him because he repents and every single time we repent Jesus is so quick to forgive and we have to say look we're speaking as flawed humans we're we're sinners but We're also saved by grace and Jesus lives on the inside of us. And as we're speaking all the time, I will even say stuff as I'm preaching and the Holy Spirit will go, um, that was you and not me. Excuse me. (laughs) Excuse me. And I want to go back and be like, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. But if we try to be perfect, we never will be. So I think just understanding grace and going, okay, let me look at the Bible characters who were absolutely just full of sin and God chose to use them anyway. And just to say to the Lord, I'm not deserving, but I'm I'm obedient. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be humble and I'm gonna have people in my life that go, wait a second, Amy, you did this or you said this, and this does not line up with the word of Christ. And and to be open to correction, to be open to rebuke, to be open to people calling me out. And me responding in a way that that lines up with the word. Yeah. And I feel like this kind of brings us full circle to where we started of when we were initially talking about, you know, women being afraid of sending themselves out or whatever. And you had just said the fact that you're even concerned about being submitted to authority means you're probably in a good position. Um, So same thing (laughs) with sin. If the Lord highlights sin, the fact that it even grieves your spirit, you know, and makes you go, Oh my goodness, Lord, I'm so sorry. Like, uh, wow. I cannot believe, you know, I was wrong. Please forgive me. It would be a different story if the Lord highlighted my sin and I was like, well, oh, well, you know, just moving on with my day. I don't, (laughs) you know, pretend like I don't hear and nothing (laughs) happened. And so I actually really love that because that's just a good sign that our heart is in the right place that we're willing to say, yes, sir. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Let me redirect, you know, so. Yes, yes. And he'll, and it's really in his mercy and in his grace that by the Holy Spirit, he convicts us. And then it's up to us to say, oh, wow, that's, that's ugly. I repent. Or to get in this condemnation. And there is no condemnation. That's why, I mean, I always point back to the word. If you're going to step out into your calling, if you're going to pioneer, if you're going to use your voice in any capacity at all, the most important thing that you can do is get to know your Bible. And the easiest way to get to know your Bible is to have a reading plan. Mm. What, what do you recommend with the reading plan? I, my husband and I use the McShane plan because it is super duper easy and you can just, it's so, I mean, it's through Bible app. 
It reads it to you even. I mean, you can do notes every day. So that's an easy way to, to practice using your voice. When I read my Bible, if God's like, if something is highlighted to me, you can, it's a tab that says like, talk about it or something. And after you read through your daily Bible reading, you can go in and you can practice articulating what God showed you in the word. It's the easiest thing to do. Nobody has to read it because if you're the only one on the reading plan, nobody even has to see it. But it's a really practical, easy way to begin articulating and declaring truth. And what did you call it? The McShane, you said? The McShane plan. Yeah, he uh, he has like a whole website and everything, but I just do it through the Bible plan so I can track it and measure it. But the McShane plan, you read through the Old Testament once, the New Testament twice, and I think Psalms twice. And it's super easy. It's honestly, it's about probably 10 to 12 minutes a day. Oh, wow. That's it. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I always love to just hear Wonderful. everybody's favorite resources and things. So speaking of resources, do you have any resources for the listeners today if they want to connect with you more? Yes, I do. I actually have an entire resources page on the website at letsecho.co backslash resource is maybe. I know you said you would put the link in the show notes, but there's a specific resource in there that I want to highlight. There's the, actually the McShane Bible reading plan is in there, but the one, if you only want to take on one, take on the something to say resource. And it outlines exactly if you're in this place, you're like, Oh, I don't even know if I can use my voice or not. Or if you just want to be a little more solidified, the something to say resource, you can put your name and your email in there and you'll get it. It's a two page PDF and then it's free and it just really outlines and kind of handles all the excuses and fears that we have when we're beginning to use our voice. Perfect. Yes. We'll link that in today's show notes. And then what about um, you personally? I know we talked about Instagram for Let's Echo or do you do Instagram Mm -hmm. as well? Just personally, if they want to connect with you there. I do. It's just Amy Stockstill. My name is spelled A-M-I-E but I, I'm sure you'll do that in the show notes as well. I don't post as they're on there as much as I do. Let's echo, let's echo. I'm in there every day. Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah and like I said yeah. before, you guys definitely go follow Let's Echo because it's just got such great resources and encouragement. So Amy, thank you again. Any final word of encouragement for the listeners before we hop off? Yes, I think begin using your voice today. I mean, tell your testimony to somebody, anybody, any day, start there. Use your testimony. Perfect. All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, it is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show where we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps that you can implement into your life right now. I love this topic of finding and using our voice because if you're anything like me, you have disqualified yourself from being someone who uses your voice. So I want to take some time in today's Get Practical segment to debunk some myths that we might have believed about having something to say. And of course, y'all know the best way that I feel like we can do that is to ask ourselves and reflect on a few questions. So here's the first thought I have for you. When you think of someone being used by God, What personality traits do they possess? And then the next thing I want you to think about, are those traits biblical? Or did you believe it incorrectly based on what you had observed in our world? 
I don't know about you, but for years, I thought you had to be the outgoing, life of the party, always has something to say to be used by God. That is such a lie. We need all types of voices and personalities, and sometimes that voice is loud and energetic, and sometimes that voice is soft and only has a few words to say, but man, when they speak, it's powerful. So now I want you to think about what is your unique personality? How is it unique? And if you don't know how it is unique, a couple ways you can do that is there's all kinds of personality tests out there, but I'm not particularly talking about personality tests. I also would recommend ask some good friends, ask some family members, Ask your spouse if you're married, uh, just people around you who really know you. Ask them some words to describe you. One thing I have seen is people observe things about us that sometimes we don't even observe about ourselves. I have had people speak things into my life that I did not even realize that I do that meant a lot to them, but it was just so natural to me. It didn't seem like a big deal. So start to notice what makes you unique. How do you encourage people in a way that maybe not everybody has the gifting to do? And then once you realize what makes you unique, how might God use your unique voice and personality to reach people where he has planted you? I think that's my favorite thing about embracing our unique voice and then embracing where God has planted us is God is so cool that he designed us in a way that the sound of my voice, the way it projects, the accent that I have, and I'm talking about you too, uh, everything from the accent to how loud or soft-spoken we are lines up with where God has planted us. So really just look around you, and I just want to speak this word of life over you. Your voice is unique. It may not be the loudest, the funniest, or the most attention-grabbing, but God made you with the exact voice you need to reach the people to whom he has called you to serve. Start using your voice in your home to speak life over those around you. The more you use it, the more opportunities will come your way. So who can you encourage today? Start there. Well, that concludes our Get Real Practical segment for today. If you loved today's episode, will you please leave a review? It helps new listeners find the show. And I just would love to bring more people into this community in this new year and point people to Jesus and God's word together. I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.